Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. up this morning looking for my shoes look behind the trunk found the hesitation blues lordy tell me how long lordy tell me how long will i have to wait will i have to wait can i get you now can i get you now must i hesitate Take me rock away from here, Lordy. Tell me how long. Lordy, tell me how long. Will I have to wait? Will I have to wait? Can I get you now? Can I get you now? Must I hesitate? That's dedication right there. 
Exactly. Exactamundo. Okay, just we don't have any announcements tonight, but I will go ahead and announce that next week it is confirmed. Actress returning back to the scenes of their crime. Actress Melanie Robel will be visiting us next week. Woohoo! Woohoo! Awesome sauce. Yeah, she's 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 such a sweet girl. In fact, she was my very first guest. Very first guest I ever had on the show was Melanie Robel. Well, and I thought be a that good, was really happy return. We get we get a we'll have to do some celebrating. <laughs> yeah, I found out that she was coming back, and you know, I I talked to Melanie off and on, and uh, I asked her mom. I said, "Hey, do you think Melanie would want to come back and do the show?" And then. Uh, Finally, I just asked Mel, bit the guns, and I was like, come on, Mel. And she, a couple of days later, she said, you know what? I did a lot of thinking, and I would love to do the show. And then <laughs> Torrell, her mom, wrote me back and said, um, yeah, Melanie said she'll do the show. I was like, yeah, she's going to be the guest next week. And she's like, well, then why did you come through me? <laughs> I'm like, oh, come on. But she's, she's <laughs> they're both very sweet ladies. Speaking of moms. Speaking of mom, I want to do something with my mom since we don't have any announcements tonight to really make. William, Tom, we're going to call my mom. Cool. We're going to prank her, and we're going to see how long we can keep her on the phone. Now, my mom's not a phone person. But she does listen to recordings, so this might work. And, William, since my mom knows my voice very well, you came up with this little routine, Mm -hmm. and I think it's going to be fantastic, and I think my mom will actually stay on the phone for this. (laughs) Well, get ready. This is going to be a doozy. (laughs) (laughs) So what we're going to do, Tom, you and I, we're going to put our phones on mute because if we start laughing, we don't want my mom to pick up on the fact that we're laughing. Are you okay with that, Tom? I'm okay with that. All right. Okay. Okay, we're about to put our phones on mute. I got my mom's number in the switchboard. This is going to be fun. Of all the things she has done to me. Of all the things I'll see on the she other side to be pulling up, <laughs> I get to get her back. I feel like I feel like Bam Bam and Jackass, except I'm not going to beat my mom up while she's going potty. Okay, are we ready? Yep, we're ready. Well, let's do it. William, you got your you got your uh, recording voice on. You got it all in. Oh yeah. I am ready to roll. All right, let's do this. What happened? Hold on, let's try this again. Okay. (laughs) Works for me. It rang.
Ding-dong. Hold on. Oh, this is not looking good. I'm supposed to call somebody. Oh. Hold on. Whoops. Wow. Francie hey. sounds just like her mom. Yeah. It does. <laughs> Hold on. I guess you pranked us. I guess so. Yeah. Hold on. We'll 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 get this. Four times time. We're ready. Yep. Oh no! Watch this. She's probably listening to us. Yeah, probably. Something interesting. I'm gonna try and figure this out. Oh, okay. Talk amongst yourselves. Uh, any announcements Talk from you two? So how are we doing, Tom? <laughs> oh, not too bad. Kind of chilling, taking it easy this week. Not really writing uh, a lot. Just kind of working on my story idea, and then you know, trying to figure out where I'm going. You know, with it. I'm ahead of the is game, the, so I uh, figure I got. What did you say? Now is that the uh, is that the leprechaun one that you're, they were working on? Finished that one already. They nice. Got, people got their wishes, but they didn't. You know, they couldn't deal with them real well. Oops. You know, they got more than you know. Careful what you wish for; you just might get it, and they did. So, like one guy wished well, to be, they, you know, wealthy, you know, filthy rich and wealthy, but. He bought himself a, a sports car with his money from he won from a lottery and he wrecked it and he ended up uh, being a quadriplegic. So I couldn't really enjoy his money, you know. And another one, she wanted all kinds of power and everything, and she was moving up the executive ladder. And while they were, you know, inspecting a power plant and everything, she uh, she got the power. She got accidentally electrocuted and fried. So, you know, oh, kind of stuff like, like that. Getting old sparky. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, gee. You know, she shouldn't have been yeah. where she was no. and all that. And then what I'm working on now is getting uh, ready to plan to write it out. I'm trying to figure out how to begin it. It's called Ravaged. And basically, it's um, uh, they put this man on trial out in the Pacific Northwest in like the 1800s and stuff. And they're basically, uh, you know, okay, he's a big hulking, you know, big, you know, six foot, almost seven foot tall, you know, heavy set man. And he appears to be a mute and, you know, he doesn't talk. And, you know, they're accusing him of ravaging some of the, you know, one of the women in nearby, you know, just outside of town. 
And so they, you know, they put him on trial and all this, and they got a, you know, a lawyer and all that, you know, to avoid lynching him and stuff. And so finally, they uh, something happens to some other woman while while they're in court, and they find out, you know, somebody else had been ravaged. And so, well, it's obvious it isn't him, you know, and all that. So they end up freeing him, and he goes off back in the back of the woods, and he runs into these, you know, Sasquatch. And he goes, you know, well, your hair should grow back real soon. He goes, well, it took you long enough to kind of get me out of here to play this game with the humans. So it turned out he was, you know, you don't realize it was, he was, you know. Wow. You know, so. Now, now, now tell me that you did not name him Mongo. Nope. Nope. No, nothing from the Blazing Saddles. No. (laughs) No, I wouldn't do that. So that's a, that's the story I'm working on now. Yeah, you know I got I got a few more like that, but you know just my my mom's know, calling. Um, in. Oh, okay. All right, let's put ourselves on mute. She's calling us back. Hold on, okay. 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 All right. You ready, William? Hello, and Here. thank you for calling Say Movie it. Phone. It's there you know, is a really you know bad. Reverberation on your end you know, that is causing really you know bad the name of this movie you want to see. Press one now to browse for movie titles. Press two now. Oh, it's your turn because it's not us. You know the name of the movie you want to see. Maybe Press one now nope. to browse current movie titles. Press two now. You know the name of the movie you want to see. Press 1 now to browse current movie titles. Press 2 now. You know the name of the movie you want to see. Press 1 now to browse current movie titles. Press 2 now. Oh, cool. I'm sorry, I, mean, I didn't understand you. I'm sorry, I didn't understand you. If you know the name of the movie you want to see, press 1 now. To browse current movie titles, press 2 now. I'm sorry, I didn't understand you. If you know the name of the movie you want to see, press 1 now. To browse for movie titles, press 2 now. I'm not very good at this phone stuff. I'm sorry, I didn't understand you. If you know the name of the movie you want to see, press 1 now. To browse for movie titles, press 2 now. I'm sorry, I didn't understand you. You know the name of the movie you want to see. Press 1 now. To browse current movie titles. Press 2 now. I'm sorry, I didn't understand you. If you know the name of the movie you want to see. Press 1 now. To browse current movie titles. Press 2 now.
I'm she sorry, I didn't understand you. <laughs> she hung up on that. What's it? What's it? Dude, we're, we're going to try and call her. We're going to give this one more try. I am not giving up on her. Wait. Oh. All right, I I don't know. I guess she was talking to somebody. Why do you call somebody Who? and talk to somebody else? Well, let's go ahead and bring on our guest. That that was kind of funny. That we're gonna get her though. We're gonna get her one time. <laughs> we're gonna get her. All right, let's bring on our guest. It's uh Mark Allen Pil. I hope I pronounced this right. Pilgrim. Pil 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 Pilgrim. Hey, Mark. Hey, Mark. Hello. Hello. To you. Good morning, Mark. <laughs> yeah, good morning. How are you? Doing good. I'm a box of fluffy ducks. I really am. Um, I, I really hope Bambi, Bambi didn't try and do that to her mother, I tell you. <laughs> 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 God, dear. Well. Well, happy to give you some Monday morning uh, chuckles, you know? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I'll give you yeah, a Monday I'm... morning chuckle. I, I, I went to my local garden centre the other day to get a, get a, get a bit, get, a, get some bits for my pond, and I bought myself uh-huh. a goldfish for my, for my pond. And on my way back, I went in my local supermarket. I went up to the fishmonger, so I had this fish in a bag of water. I don't say, excuse me, I said, have you got any fish cakes? And he said, no, I'm sorry, it was sold out. I said, oh, that's a pity. It's his birthday today. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> he must have loved it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Howard's on the other side of that big lake that's between us. The Atlantic Ocean. Actually, I'm 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 a lot nearer to you than I would be if I was on the other side of England. I'm in um, <clears throat> I'm in the southwest. I'm in Cornwall, which is the that little southwestern peninsula. Have you ever heard of Land's End? It's quite a yep. famous. It's the southernmost point of or the westernmost point of the UK, and it's it's like a there's a uh, a lamp like a, a post. And you've got all these bars coming off of it, and it tells you how far it is to New York in one direction, how far it is to John O'Groats, which is like the northern, like North Scotland, and all these different directions. And people go there now, and it's, it's a tourist attraction now. And um, you get your photo taken with it. It's, it's quite, it's well famous, Land's End. And Cornwall, of course, the coast of Cornwall is famous for things like pole dark and um, other places. Razor Titanic, we're talking to William about that. Um, Razor Titanic was filmed at, or, or a scene of it was filmed at St. Ives. So, yeah, Corn- Cornwall is famous across the world, to be honest. Beautiful part of the world as well. Okay. You know, and, 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 of course, uh, you know, considering all the signs they have with the, uh, with the bars, that, that almost has to make one ask the ultimate question. How far to uh, Tipperary? Tipperary. <laughs> yes. 
Oh, it's probably a fair old way. Yeah, yeah. That's that's Ireland, Tipperary. That's um, I, is, I don't know if it's is it is it Northern Ireland or the Republic of Ireland. I'm not sure, but that's Ireland. Um, that's sort of Father Ted country. You know, he was talking about British British comedy last 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 week with um, <clears throat> the, the the chap from Australia. He he would have he'd know about Father Ted. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So now, um, now I'll tell you. I know you've been working very much so with uh, your your current project, which is the the Ballad of Lucy Sands. And although yeah, it's very yeah. famous, very very famous over in you know, in England, uh, over here in the states, uh, you know, with the exception of a few people that are fans of uh, period murder dramas and things along those lines. It's uh-huh. not that much of a very well-known tale, so uh, you know. Would, would you mind kind of sharing some highlights uh, without giving away any spoilers? Well, I, you know what? It's funny you should say it's famous over here. It's not famous over here. Not in, not by a long shot. I mean, I I'd never heard of it. When I I, I know about the the famous murders and things like that, the people that are famous like Rillington Place, you know, John Christie and and the Acid Bath murder and Crippin and people like that, all the people that are famous because they went, for argument's sake, they went to the gallows. But this murder, it took place in 1881 and it is pretty unheard of. I can tell you in this now that it's never ever been filmed. The story has never been filmed. It's never. They've never even written a book about it. And it, the, the, all you'll find in print about Lucy Sands is maybe a chapter in a book about murders, or you know, like little journals in a crime magazine. It's it is literally unheard of. It's been it's been covered up through the years to a certain degree. And this wow. girl this girl was an orphan. She was an orphan. She was she was she lived in in Northern Ireland. She lived in Belfast. And her father died when she was I don't know, I think she was about ten years old and then her mother died a couple of years later and and, and because she was orphaned with her little brother they were they were emigrated over to Cumberland. Modern day, it's known as Cumbria. Cumbria was formed in the 70s as, as an authority, as a county. But they were they were they they were shipped off to their grandmother and great aunt, and they lived in Christian Street in Workington. And this girl basically had a she had a new start in life. You know, it, it, in in them days, it it wasn't unusual for children to be orphaned, you know, because people didn't live that long, did they? And, and and it's one of them things. But when she was 16, she met the hands of a, a truly horrific murder. Um, she was in harm's way. She was out with her friends on the 1st of December, 1881. She was out with her friends and one thing led to another and she was with people and, and the last people that saw her alive said that she walked off in a certain direction. She claimed she was going to meet a, a young man from a train. Uh, that turned out to be 
you know, false. That, you know, she was actually, she was meeting somebody local and that was the last time she was seen and she was found three months later to the day under a pile of rocks and she'd been, um, she'd been, she'd been, she'd been slaughtered basically in cold blood and the, the body was horrendous. Um, her, She'd been feasted on by vermin through the winter. So, like her calves were gone, her stomach, you know, the soft parts of her stomach, parts of her face, her bust, her hands, and it just took them. A, it took them a while to actually get over the shock of finding the body before they could actually begin an investigation. And, and the, what this film actually tells is the story of. The, the story of Lucy, it tells you the story of Lucy, it tells you about how she was found, and it tells you about the um, uh, the hearing afterwards, where they got a suspect who, they had to have a hearing in order to take it to trial, and it's all about how the police investigation and, and various things that witnesses were manipulated and threatened and and, and they just it, it just all got covered it, all, it got covered up the, 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 the suspect you know got away with it now whether or not he done it is in the story of the film I'm not going to reveal that it might be somebody else it might not but it's the powers that be and he got away with it you know whether he done it or not whoever killed him whoever killed Lucy never got caught would it be all right if I kind of threw out a fan theory about it, and uh, you can let me know if I'm in the right direction? Yeah, go on. Go on. Okay. I think that Professor Plum did it with a candlestick in the conservatory. <laughs> yeah. Thank it you. could have been Darth Vader or, you know, Dracula or somebody like that. But that's the thing about this. I mean, you know, this story has never been told. And, and as I say, we, we, everything that I've told you so far is in public knowledge. You know, for those that look into it, like Steve Baldwin did, it is in public knowledge. But the stuff that the, the, the stuff that he found out is is not in public knowledge, you know. Right. So that, that, that's definitely going to be very interesting once it uh, once it finally releases. Yeah, yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. You know, now you know for uh, for yourself. I mean, you're you know you're a very very versatile actor to begin with. Um, you know, uh-huh. what uh, what what did you do to uh, to prepare yourself for uh, for your for your role within this? Um, you know, did you decide to go into the actual uh, village of Workington and actually following in Lucy's footsteps? Uh, you know, I, what, what, I what, else, uh, what else did you entail? Well, I mean, yeah, we've been up to Workington. We've been filming in Workington. In actual fact, we filmed um, we filmed Lucy's funeral in Workington, and this was a I mean, this was a wonderful day's filming. It was it was very very emotional. Um, because we were in the site in St. John's Church, 
and we were filming in there. We had we had undertakers. We had a coffin with her nameplate on it, and we had a church full of school children that were all dressed down. You know, all in ill-fitting clothes, so they looked like orphans. They were from a local workhouse, and you know, for the timeline of the film. But get this, we're actually all sitting there. We're 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 watching the, the Reverend uh, Priestley, I believe his name was. Steve actually had the transcript of what he said at the funeral, word for word. And this this actor Simon, he he was up there reading this thing off and talking to the congregation. And at the same time, we're all sitting there. Those of us are in the know. We're all sitting there. We know that this girl is not a hundred yards away in the ground outside. You know this story we're telling, and you know you can't you can't write the um, the impact that that has on on the cast and the crew and the, and the sensation, the whole overall vibe of of the scene as it plays out. I mean, obviously, there's bits of it you do over and over again to get different angles and get different takes and close-ups and all that. Things get done with films. You, it's not like being on stage in the theatre once the curtain's open. You get one bang at it and that's it. With this, you get, you know, it's done over and over and over again and it becomes very tiring. And, and the more you think about it, you, the more you, it, it really has an impact on your performance. And as I say, we had all these wonderful children, and you know their chaperones were like school teachers and parents. And we, I mean, we even had one guy. His name was Mark as well. Funny enough, or his Mark, should I say? We had, we had one guy who was just a chaperone for his daughter, a little girl called Amy, and he ended up playing a copper because we needed a couple of local people to play coppers to go into the. The, the Helena Thompson Museum and, uh, and arrest the suspect because we were filming at the Helena Thompson Museum. And he was there and somebody hadn't turned up and I said, well, this fit, yeah, they stuck it on him. Yeah, go on in. So he just, and these were all the local people, the people in Cumbria, in, in Workington. And, but this grave is outside, in, in the ground outside. And it, it, it was, it was a really emotional day. I was, Tears. I'll be honest with you. I was, you know, I was a right state. I went well either. So, you know. <laughs> but but that's good. Looks. I mean, you. Know, we we that, do that, have that, a caller. That's when you know. Oh, okay. Yeah, we have a caller. Um, it's area code one one one, one 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 one. Yes. Hello. 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 Hiya. Hello. Hi, how are you? Good. How about oh, you got the same accent as Mark. Yes. <laughs> well, first of um, all, I, I, I think I I'll say good morning to you Sorry? then. Yeah. Good morning to yourself. And who is this? Goodness. Um, this is Leah, Leah Smith. Lucy Sands herself in the flesh. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice! Wow, wow, wow! Well, thank you very much for uh, for actually waking up early to uh, to join in with the fun. Oh, it's all right. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so, so, how how no was problem, it like no. working on set with uh, you and Mark together? Was there good chemistry? Oh yeah, definitely. Like Mark is so easy to get on with. Honestly, the scenes that I've done with Mark. 
um, yeah, definitely one of the, the more fun things to do. Uh, yeah, he's, he's really great to work with, definitely. I would guess Excellent. so if you wake up at 4, 4 a.m. to uh, call him and say hi. Sorry? <laughs> you know, she, she said that uh, you, you would guess so uh, if you're willing to wake up this early to say hi. <laughs> yeah, of course. Commitment. I've got, can, I, can, I, can I jump in? Can I jump in? I've got to tell you something absolutely remarkable about Leah. Um, at the time, the first time I met her, she was 15, right? And she mm-hmm. walked on the set of Boscan Junction here at, uh, 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 in Bodmin. It's the steam railway. And the first time I actually met her, I was sitting in a makeup tent, and they were starting to... I just said, hello, I'm Mark, I'm playing Isaac. Oh, hello. And they were just starting to... Michelle Bromley, the makeup artist, she was just starting to put the... Uh, a scar on her. I can't recall if it was a, a cheek or a throat. And I went. Obviously, I don't. I don't need long in a makeup tent because I'm damn near perfect. You know, if they do anything else to me, they'll have the ladies fainting everywhere. I, I can't hang around for long. So I go off on the set, right? I go mm-hmm. off on the set. I don't see Leah again for about five or six hours. And the next time I saw her, she was just covered. She was like the walking dead. And I don't mean George Romero walking dead. I mean like, you know, like the bodies on Everest, at the Hillary Step and the balcony that they can't bring down. That's what, she, if, you, if, you, if I was to explain what it was like in the mind's eye, that's what she looked like. And it looked absolutely amazing. And you know, the, the makeup artist said that she was working on that for hours and hours and she never complained. She never moaned. She never this. She never that. It was freezing cold. It was November, you know, which in Cornwall is relatively mild compared to the rest of the UK. But here, uh, you know, it, it was still freezing cold. And she didn't grumble once. She was as good as gold. And all she had to do was play a corpse all day. But she was absolutely remarkable. Absolutely, no doubt about it. She was brilliant. Oh, thank you. Well, think of it like this. I mean, that that's first of all, that, that that's great. And second of all, you know, I know I know you're you're a little on the young side, so you may not remember, but Mark would probably know. There was a uh, very famous film called The Big Chill that came out in the '80s, and uh, believe it or not, that was one of Kevin Costner's very first films, and uh, he played a corpse. Yeah, he wasn't so, even in it. Really. Yeah. Yeah. So cast, they later became all all stars. Uh, you great, you know, they're well known actors. All of them in it. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're off to a great start if you're able to manage the, uh, you know, the harsh uh, English weather, weather like that uh, without without complaining. That's uh, that that's absolutely commendable, right there. Oh, it's fine. All the makeup artists were lovely. We were just like gossiping about like Tom Hardy for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I mean, you know, you got to do something to pass the time, that's for sure. No, <laughs> but, yeah, uh, it was yeah. Fun. <laughs> Didn't wreck yeah. my The part about being a movie set is waiting. Yeah. Oh, oh um, yeah, she was saying the worst part of working on a film set is, is the waiting. In it, literally. Very true. Yeah. Very, let me let me ask you both true. this. I have you both on. Um, what 
what do you guys think about American movies compared to British movies and English movies and across the sea movies? Are they are they different or are they pretty much all the same? Well, the difference between American and British cinema. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what she was asking. Yeah, um, yeah, no, I'd say they're they're pretty different. I think. Um, I don't know. I guess you know when you think of like British cinema, you think of you know proper like gritty. I don't know, like Train Spotting or something. But um. Mhm. Mhm. Honey Python. Yeah, so. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, dry humor. Do you know what I mean? But um. But yeah, I don't know. I love American cinema. What's your What's your favorite American movie? Oh my god. Um, let me think. Let me think. Uh, I love Tarantino, obviously. Uh, yeah, there Taxi you go. Driver, everything. Yeah. All the classics. My nice. favorite is my favorite American one would probably be. The Thing, John Carpenter's 1982 oh. The Thing. Yeah. Oh, the, oh, yeah. That would be my favorite. But my, yeah, my Don't give my fiancé Nick on The Thing. He is all about The Thing. He loves that movie. Oh, yeah. That's almost like uh, the Adams Family. That's that's the magic word. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> My old my all time favourite film actually is a British film. It's called The Wild Geese. It was about mercenaries in Africa, Richard Burton and, and Hardy Kruger and Roger Moore. That is my all time favourite film. Well, um, yeah, that's a classic. I, I love that film. Yeah, yeah. Lee, I, I haven't Lee, seen it, but I have heard of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. Good. Good actioner. Now, uh, now, Leah, are, you, are, are what are uh, what are some of your plans? Uh, you know, after uh, Lucy, you know, are are you going to continue pursuing acting or? Uh... Um, yeah, definitely. I don't know what else to do, but um, so yeah, definitely. I think uh, you know, plans go to drama school, kind of that kind of route. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. go take drama at university. Good, good. Yeah. Do you hope to train the classical way like I did? I, I trained at the Hub Theatre School at Colmore and it was very classical, it was very hands on. And Do you hope to do that or do you hope to do something that's a bit more towards, um, what's the word, the creative, the background sort of stuff? like the new modern stuff that they've got, especially with theatres now with the new lights and the new this and the new that, or would you rather learn the classic methods? Um, well, I, I love it all, to, I love it all, to be honest. I just want to be, you know, like a well-rounded actor. And I think a well-rounded okay. actor is just someone who's, you know, a bit of everything, really. So, yeah, I, I would love to be, like, you know, like well-versed in Shakespeare and then also, I don't know, kind of modern... And like yeah, just theatre, film, all of it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Now, 
I, yeah, definitely. If you can pull off um, Shakespeare, I'll have to give an give you an even bigger applause because uh, that 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 takes more memorization than uh, even I can handle. And I'm I'm an author by trade. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, I've been doing Shakespeare for years, honestly. Oh wow! So, yeah, not too shabby then. You know, I, you, know <laughs> you can't see it because it's audio, but I am applauding you. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> no problem. Have you, yeah. have you ever done? Have you ever? Have you ever done Brecht? That's that's Sorry? really if you can handle Brecht. Have you ever done Brecht? Yeah, I have, have you ever to, done I have like? Uh, yeah. Oh, that is that is. I I I done Aztec the Judge in the Caucasian Chalk Circle one time. I actually done it in the Hub Theatre School, but I weren't Aztec in that. But I've done it professionally, and I've done Aztec the Judge. And, and you know what? No matter how many times I've seen that or read it, it never gets easier. It is so dark and grim, and you know, it's tiring. You know. You know, there's some times when you can go to the theatre and, you, and you're doing something and you just know that the people, in, you know, you, you get the feeling, because you know it so well and it's so grim, you get the feeling that the people in the audience are chewing the back of the seat in front of them, you know. <laughs> they're not because they know what they're going to see, but it's just so, it's it's so dark and depressing and I think that's what sums up British drama to a certain degree because most British dramas are depressing you get you get great ones like I mean on the television you get great things like the cop the police things things like line of duty and and stuff like that but it's you know the theater it's 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 musicals mostly now it it seems to be here oh yeah you know Um, now, um, what, what, now, one thing I was, I was uh, very curious. Uh, you know, this was uh, for you, Mark. Um, you know, before Lucy, I know one of your earlier uh, projects was actually um, doing Wyatt Earp, and I was, uh, oh, yeah, I, I was yeah, very yeah. curious. You know, was it difficult to actually, uh, you know, try to pull off an American accent? You know, coming from Cornwall. Uh, well. I don't actually come from Cornwall, but I get what you're saying. I'm English. Uh, no, it wasn't. It's it, it's actually there's not a lot in it. Uh, I mean, an accent is it's about rhythm as much as pronunciation. It's about having a, a certain thing in the voice, you know, ringing certain bells a certain way, and the speed of the speech. But uh, Jerry Clark, the bloke who wrote the Vendetta, which is what you're talking about, he he was he was so helpful. You know, with how he wanted Wyatt to come across, it was more or less me to a certain degree. Anyway, it was just a, a, it was a case of changing a, a few mannerisms and and you know just slowing down the voice a bit because I, I, I speak quite fast, having a bit of vibrato in the voice on certain on certain vowels and certain sounds. That's what gives you an accent. So I, oh, okay. I actually found it quite, and I've I've seen enough. Well, you you've just said you know what's your favourite American movies, both 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 Lair and myself, and I've seen enough movies to sort of think, well, that's how that's how the New Yorkers are, that's how they talk in Chicago, or that's how they talk in, you know, the Deep South or whatever. Because you just like here in England, you've got very 
you know, you've got very regional accents over there, you know. Oh, yeah. So it's just the same here, you know. So, yeah, found that pretty fascinating. Found that pretty fascinating. And that was one of the things that threw, that's one of the weird things about this Lucy Sands story being so obsolete because this Lucy Sands story takes place at exactly the same time in history and yet... Wyatt Earp is all over the films and the books and the internet and papers and all that. And yet Lucy was in the same time, and yet there's nothing out there, which is what makes this film and this story so unique. This isn't Star Wars. This isn't Dracula or Sherlock Holmes or Harry Potter. It's never been done before. We're, we're different. We're, we're very different. And Leah would agree with that, I'm sure. I'm sure Leah would chime in and have something to say about that. <laughs> Pardon? Now, now Leah, one what, what, what thing I do want to ask you, um, you know, this is something that uh, Mark had mentioned to me uh, you know, actually a few days ago. He, he, he had shared about uh, some advice he had given you about uh, when you were trying to memorize uh, – one of the scenes in the film, and it was with your uh, script and using highlighters. You know. With, oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, oh. would, would you mind sharing that uh, with us? Because uh, one of the things that we do on on Francie's show is we also try to find, uh, you know, different types of advice and pointers for for not only established uh, people but also the you know the fans that are, you know, hopeful and uh, you know high aspirations for pursuing their own. Uh, venue and dreams yeah um i think with like memorizing lines it's just it's well obviously it's repetition but um yeah mark's technique was you know because we're so used to when you read a script and it's all highlighted you're so used to seeing the highlighted lines it's your lines and so when you mm-hmm. when you actually do the opposite you end up you know the lines that aren't highlighted stand out more and so you actually, you know, take it in a bit more and, uh, yeah, kind of get to grips with it a bit more. Wow. And then now did that actually, uh, did you, did you work that in, um, you know, like was it when you were, when you were done your, uh, your monologue as well too? Oh, the monologue. You know, did that help that was, on? The monologue was six pages. Um, yeah, yeah, I know. The monologue, <laughs> it was just, it was, uh, God, how do I do that? I went page by page, and um, I think with something that's so yeah, with monologues, it's it's just working in the physicality really, and then just kind of uh, like muscle memory, you know. So just learning it through that kind of way, rather than just like wow. um, you know, just reading words off the page. But yeah. Well, now, so now, now I'm going to turn the table around just a quick second here. Uh, Tom, do you think you could memorize six pages? Nope. I'm, oh, okay. I'm limited to just being a writer. I can remember what I wrote, but I can't. Uh, I'll never be an actor. Besides, I've got a face for radio, and <laughs> I can do it. It's a grind. I, I, I kind of stand in awe of people that can memorize and. Do the lines and play that role. I never, of course, I got it to was pretending as a kid, but they were acting out my characters when I'm writing them. But I can't do it. Nope. Yeah. So, no. so that, I mean, that, yeah, to, to pull off six pages like that—that's that is absolutely impressive. So, 
you know, you, you nailed it. He'd, he, I'd, I'd learn the six pages and then he'd end up saying like, oh, we're not going to film it today. Uh, we're going to film it actually oh. next month. So, um, and I'm also going to add another page. So just, by the way, get on that. And uh, I'm like, yeah, cool. it's fine. Don't worry about it. It's not like I've got cool. A level, whatever. But, um, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so, so in other words, Theodore Bertowell, congratulations, Doug. Don't you know? Just forget pages five through fifteen because we're gonna have some uh, better ones next week. Oh. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Or like he changed, he gave me it back, and then he changed like one word, or like, and then I have to relearn the thing, and just I can't change that one word. And he's like, actually, that's that's not the line. Um. That's an incredible talent. That's just, it's almost like doing it on the fly. You know. Yeah. 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 See, natural fact, to a certain degree, there's nothing worse than learning something and then having to forget it because it's been changed. Because you you do it, as Leah says, it's repetition and stuff like that. You get so used to doing something a certain way, even if it's just one word in a sentence in one cue. If you've learned it, it's very hard to forget it. You know, that that, that is, you know, that, that takes some doing. And, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, and, and of course, you know, doing it with a, a live audience on top of that—that's uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, well, well, with a live audience, that's in the theatre. It's already been rehearsed and all that kind of thing. With a film, it's you, the only live audience you've got is is the crow. So yeah, nine times out of ten, you get a few scenes a, a week or so before that are like word perfect. Right, that's what you're going to be doing on such and such a day, and you've got that little time to learn them. So it's not that bad. But as as we've already said, if something gets changed at the last, I mean, there's, there's been times when we've learned a script and we've gone and done a certain scene, but because somebody hasn't turned up. It's had to change because something, you know, it's like someone's been cast in a certain part, but they can't get there because there's no trains or something. And it, but and, it, and little things like that, you have to change on, as you say, on the fly. So it does, it does. But I mean, with with a monologue, it's how she, how on earth she done that? It's it's phenomenal. If anyone wants to go and see it, go to the website. It's called Lucy Sands dot com and all the trailers are on there there's stuff about the cast and the crew and the story and there's also links to the facebook page but if you want to see it look at a thing it's called lucy's monologue and you'll see it for yourself and as leah says it's like what is it seven pages six pages and yeah yeah it's phenomenal it is absolutely phenomenal lucysanders.com now, now I know. Uh, obviously, uh, for a lot of us, we're uh, you know, we, we also like to do a little bit of uh, things dealing with horror, and uh, you know, just just the thought of having an extra page of you know that you need to practice and recite, um, you know that that I think that can probably constitute absolute terror for uh, you know, anybody that, that's a fan of the genre, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, now, now, what, what, are, what other thing I was uh, curious about, uh, you know, uh, Mark? Earlier, many, uh, many, many years ago, uh, when when you and I had first crossed paths, um, 
yeah. you actually were uh, putting together a show based off of uh, the, some of the comedy uh, styles of the late Dave Allen. Um, you know, for for those over here in the states, oh yeah, uh, Dave Allen yeah. was a yeah. very famous uh, Irish comedian, and uh, you know, luckily YouTube has his stuff, but uh, they don't actually have the DVD available for purchase here in the states because. A lot of his material is still considered risque, even though it's not swearing or anything along those lines. Yeah. No, but yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, what what was it like actually? You know, trying to emulate somebody as uh, you know as you know as cynical but also funny as he was. Um, you know, was was it well, pretty simple? You know, was it an easy way? That was a case of acting, basically. What, what I'd done was I, uh, I, there was a series that was on television here in the early 90s, and he was on ITV. It, was, it weren't BBC. He was on, like, a commercial channel. And they, because I, I was at the theatre school at the time, and because I was working and stuff like that as well, I never got to see it. So what I'd done was I recorded them on VHS, one after the other on the same tape. And for years and years, I had this one three-hour tape for the whole series of. And it had ne- this series had never been released on video in the sense of going out to buy it or Laserdisc or subsequently DVD or anything like that. And what I'd done was I picked all these gags out of it and I, I put them all together into one sort of hour worth of show. And then I went and done it for the, uh, what was it? It was the Cornwall Air Ambulance. No, not the Cormelera, the um, the Padstow lifeboat. That's what it was for. The RNLI. And I went and done that at Padstow, standing room only, and I've done it for charity. I didn't need a microphone. I was in a little theatre. The theatre is actually called the Little Theatre, and it's a converted chapel. And I had a microphone, and I had a microphone stand, and I, but I didn't. Use, it weren't on. It was just as a prop. So I was, like you said, I was, act, I was acting. I became Dave Allen. So I, I had all the things where he looks at the audience a certain way, he punctuates certain things that he says with looks to the audience. But the weird thing was, when I finished doing it, people come up to me and they said, "Oh, why didn't you do this gag? Or why didn't you do that gag? Or why didn't you do that gag?" And I said, the reason I can do that is because you just asked me that. And the reason being is they were citing all the gags from the old BBC series, that, which, as I say, had been available on video, you know, like compilations. And so, so that's why they knew them, because they might have only watched them last week, whereas I had this series from the early 90s on tape that presumably no one's seen for 20 years. I mean, this was back in 2005. Funny enough, the day I'd done it, I got back home and I put the telly on, and it was about midnight by the time I was home. And it was the 3rd of October, 2005, and they turned around and they said that Roddy Barker had died. And I cried my eyes out. I literally cried my eyes out. You know, have you heard of Roddy Barker over there? The boat was in porridge and open all hours. You heard oh, of him? yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah? I, I certainly have. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Thank you for coming, Mrs. Pepperstone. You know, yeah, yeah. Even at, yeah, but that's yeah. I just done it. I just took it as an act. I I just 
done it as an actor. I didn't do it to rip him off or anything like that. I done it. I, I actually, I, I, I got his voice. I got his timing. And like I say, his mannerisms, more than anything, it was his mannerisms, his way that looking at the audience and things like that. It was, it went really well. It did go really well. I was really proud of it, to be honest. Now, it, um, was, it was my you know, own personal tribute. So now, now I, you know, this, this does force you to ask one question. You know, this is something that always made his uh, shows, you know, so popular. Did you yeah. have the glass of whiskey on hand? No, what I had was um, ginger ale. I okay. had ginger ale because, yeah, <laughs> by all accounts, I looked into it. By all accounts, that's what he had. It was it was a prop. He, he, there was just an assumption it was whiskey, but by all accounts, it wasn't. Whether or not that's true, and I heard that from the wrong person, I don't know. But you know, I didn't want to. I didn't want to drink on stage, to be honest. I didn't have cigarette either. I mean, back then, that you could smoke in a theatre and indoors, you could still smoke in a pub and things like that. But I didn't want to. I didn't want to do that either. For a start, there was a gag in it where I'd, where I'd taken this from that particular theory. There was a gag in it where he's on about being an ex-smoker. You know. So I thought there was mm-hmm. definitely no point smoking. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was great fun, you know. Awesome, awesome. So, and then now, uh, now Leo, you know, um, are, are there any genres, uh, you know, film-wise, you know, that you kind of seem to have more of a draw towards that you would like to actually, uh, you know, pursue if given the op- an opportunity? Um. You know what I'd love? I just love, like, British comedy. Like, I would love to be in, like, a classic British sitcom or something like that. Or, like, mm-hmm. or like, uh, like a dark comedy. Like, do you know, uh, do you know Fleabag? Oh, yeah. Like, Phoebe yeah. Waller-Bridge? Yeah. Yeah, I love mm-hmm. that. Like, something like that. Or, yeah, just, like, yeah, I just love, like, our sense of humour. So I think something, because I haven't, you know, being able to do that yet, so yeah. But that's right. I mean, you know, there's there, there's always the uh, the possibility and the opportunity. You know, you. I mean, oh. at the end of the day, it's, you just have to follow your passion and uh, let the doors come to you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and uh, you know, how, how about you, Mark? Um, you know, are you know now, now that you're. Uh, very, very involved with period stuff. Um, what's what's next on the yeah. agenda? Well, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I honestly couldn't say. I mean, I've, I've turned a, I've turned a couple of things down over the years that maybe I shouldn't have done. But then at the same time, I sort of think I'm glad I did, if you know what I mean. Because I, I think being successful is being happy with what you do. I, I don't. I mean, you see people on the films and on the television now all the time where you sort of think that that really doesn't suit you, that that isn't a part for you, you know, and they're obviously doing it for the money, which is understandable, and I've never really felt that way about my work. I'd rather go and do something on the stage and get next to nothing for it than do something that I'd hate to do. You know, I'm I'm very picky. I am very picky with certain things. To be honest, <laughs> well, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being picky and selective. Um, 
I mean, look at uh, yeah. you know, look at uh, my, Olivier my, my when, and the way that he made yeah. selections. Yeah, my, my attitude is if I wouldn't want to watch it, then I wouldn't want to do it. You know, there's certain plays that I've read where I'm sort of thinking, ah, no, I'm not touching that with a barge pole, you know, and there's certain ones that I've read and I've thought, yeah, that'll be all right. And then by the time I'm halfway through doing it, I'm thinking, oh, God, no, I wish I hadn't, you know. <laughs> so, it, you know, it is possible to make mistakes. But, you know, I, if, generally my rule is if, I, if, if something doesn't make me want to put it down, you know, if I can't put something down till I've got to the end of it, then I want to do it. Whereas if I'm struggling to read it, then if I'm struggling to read it, let's face it, as Leah said, if I'm struggling to read it, I'm going to be struggling to read it a hundred times, which ultimately is what you've got to do if you've, if you've got to learn it. I mean, that's another thing. If you learn, when you're learning lines, you don't just learn your own. You have to know the whole thing, whether it's the whole scene that you're in or the whole show from start to finish, you need to know it all. All it takes is for you to be on stage in the lights and yawn, go deaf for a few seconds, and then when your hearing comes back, you haven't got a clue where you are. You've actually oh, yeah. as simple as that, how you can lose your place on stage. So here we go. If you can't read something once, you're not going to be able to read it 50 times to learn it. So what's the point of agreeing to do it? You know? Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. I think yeah. you're also to be entertained by what your the material you had, you're going to do too. Mm. Is that correct? Yeah, you need to be moved. You need to be moved. You need to find it funny, or you need to be able to think that's making me want to cry, or that's making me want to cheer, or that's giving me shivers, that's frightening, or that's that that or the other. If you don't get any of those responses from the pages and in your mind's eye then it's not going to work for you on stage. And it certainly ain't going to work for you on a film when you're doing it you know, five or six times you know, each sentence in front of a camera. You, eventually your energy goes down, your rhythm goes down, you start to lose. You know, it, 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 it's not going to work. You have to be 100% committed to it as it is on the page as words and words alone. Which is why one of these one of the reasons why this Lucy thing is so so dramatic not dramatic but it's so um, it's so powerful because I want to know what happens next each time I get a few pages I think right where's this coming what's happening and and it's just you know and the connections that the film has got I mean Lucy, um, Lucy Leah will tell you but the, uh, back in I believe it was February they had. Um, let me get this right. Her name was June, and she was the her third great grandfather was Lucy's great uncle. In other words, he was the brother of the grandmother and the great aunt that she went to live with when she was orphaned. Talking about connections with how we filmed in the church where she's in the ground outside. It's just. It's just incredible, you know, to have that kind of connection with the real story. Most actors can only dream of that. That's true. That's very true. Yeah. No. No. Now, now, Leah. One, one thing I, I do want to ask. Um, you know how how much uh, of yourself do we see you know, within the film versus? Uh, you know, versus the characters. I know there's uh, 
you know, a lot of actors that, uh, you know, kind of go one step past method acting and improv. And, uh, you know, like, uh, like for example, um, Heath Ledger, when he became the Joker and actually intimidated the rest of the cast members, you know, things like that. Um, you know, so, so, so how, how, yeah, how, how much, how much of you versus, versus, uh, Lucy, you know, do we see within the film? Is, is there, uh, you know, much of a difference, not too much or. Um, I think something that was really important to me when, you know, approaching the role, I think, was to not overcomplicate it, not try to make the character what I thought, you know, a, a period drama character should be, just get to, you know, the core of the character, which is really that she's just... Lucy is any other 16-year-old girl that you would have met, and that's the whole point of the story, is that, you know, she, you, she could have been your neighbour, do you know what I mean? And, and so I, I try to really just focus on, on the kind of uh, just like youthful just teenagerness of the character just talk to Lucy chatting to her mates the way I would chat to my mates you know not I mean I wasn't in an Irish accent all day but um do you know what I mean yeah so just <laughs> try to really <laughs> Well, yeah, still, I mean, you, if you can pull it off the right way, that's also excellent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, guys, Blog yeah, Talk I mean, Radio just... is actually about to cut us off. We've been off the air for five minutes, and then they give us, like, a couple of minutes afterwards to finish up. Um, how can everybody reach you that wants to contact you? Uh, 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 are we on there? Yeah. 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 Well, we're off well, the air, but this uh, is like considered the after party. People can go back yeah. and listen oh, to right, yeah, the next yeah. day. Yeah, okay. Okay. Um, um, well, I, I, go on, Leah. Uh, well, uh, I have a Twitter. Leah M. Smith. Just, you know, type that in. You'll find me. Okay. Okay. And Mark? And do you have I, Facebook and everything uh, else? Is it? I only have Twitter, but a bit young for Facebook. Okay. Understandable there. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, if, if you want to reach the film, the best thing, and I can, yeah. you know, if there's anybody listening who's being struck by even one sentence of what we've said, like the like the obscurity of the of the story, or the fact that we filmed the girl's funeral where she was, you know, interred, things like that. If anyone is even slightly struck with any of that story, anything that Leah said, anything that I said, God forbid, um, then please. Head to the website. It's LucySands.com. So www.lucy, which is L-U-C-Y-S-A-N-D-S. So it's sands as in beach sands. Dot com. And then from mm. there, as I say, we've got we've got all the things about where the where the film has been filmed, all the patrons like Bobby Town Council and the Railway and Helena Thompson Museum and yada yada yada. 
But then not only that, you've got you, you, there's links on there for Twitter. I don't know how active it is on Twitter because I haven't been on Twitter for ages because I get I get fed up with it to be honest. But face the Facebook page. Head to the Facebook page. Go to Facebook. Search the Ballad of Lucy Sands. We're on there. For crying out loud, please, 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 if you do nothing else for the rest of your life, click like. Click that little button at the top and share it. We've Instagram as well. There's an Instagram. And Instagram, okay. Yeah. Excellent. Well, well, definitely, uh, Leah, Mark, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Yeah. Don't worry about it. been lovely. Thank you. Much success. Thank you yeah, very much. Yeah, and you know, definitely you. looking forward to the premiere. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yep. I'll just I'll just keep the popcorn in the uh, pantry for right now until I see the, uh, you know, the date for the release. That's all. So. <laughs> 14th of February over yeah. here, hopefully, next year. It's the 14th of February, which is Lucy's birthday. And that will be... That's the plan, although obviously with the lockdown and the coronavirus mm-hmm. and the fact we've got an imbecile for a prime minister, there's no guarantee we're going to get it by then. No, I think it's um, very difficult. Yeah, yeah. But that's the plan. Excuse me, that was my well, lemonade coming back on me. <laughs> whoops. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah. Well, yeah, that, that's okay, though. I mean, we just we can hope for the best. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Awesome. All right, so from Francie and friends, good night all the way on the other side of the lake. Good morning. Sleep tight. I'm Thank sure you, you two good are probably morning. going to bed now. Yeah. <laughs> so, some of us will be going to bed for sure. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Take good care, night, everybody. everybody. Thank you. Woke up this morning looking for my shoes. Looked behind the trunk, found the hesitation blues. Lordy, tell me how long. Lordy, tell me how long. Will I have to wait? Will I have to wait? Can I get you now? Can I get you now? Must I hesitate?
talking to a sweet jelly roll. Lord, Lord, tell me how long. Lord, tell me how long. Will I have to wait? Will I have to wait? Can I get you now? Can I get you now? Must I hesitate? Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.